This week I attended Soccer Dress Day Switzerland and we had great discussions around Codetrade facilitation. Today I want to share some of what we discussed. Hi, my name is Peter Kofler. I am the Code Cop. Obviously I am fanatic about clean code and for many years I tried hard to develop quality software. Eventually I had to change my motto to developing quality software developers. In this podcast I will answer questions about facilitation, hosting and participation of cottagerates or any kind of hands-on session in general. If you have any questions regarding your cottagerate, please send me an email or leave a comment. First some technical details. The feed for this podcast has changed, so if you subscribe before 27th of August, you need to delete your subscription and resubscribe on the new link. One Socrates participant asked me what to do if participants of a Codetree don't get DDD and get frustrated. So he was particularly excited about DDD and he thought that participants, especially senior participants, should be able to do DDD, but they were not. So what could be done about it? So if you plan a focus on TDD, I would always start explaining TDD and pair programming or all agile practices briefly in the intro. Not everybody has heard about it and new people probably have not seen it in work. Also, if they're not getting TDD, you could try to make the assignment simpler. So do not use complex constraints, use simpler constraints, reduce the scope of the assignment and uh, for example use the 10 minutes before the assignments for a test list. You could even discuss the test list before they start coding which helps them find test cases which usually is a problem when starting with TDD. That could be done in the middle of the session. You could also pair the people up by opposite skill. I have talked in episode 17 about activities to help switch pairs. For a small group it might be good to take over and uh, have an ensemble or a mob. When it's uh, running in an ensemble you can take control and kind of coach the, the group how to apply it, how to use uh, TDD. I also heard that uh, one facilitator once use, used a full slot, so like 45 minutes, on a more detailed explanation and demo of test-driven development, so people would know what it is. This is teaching, and it is fine, so if you can do it, and if it's necessary, go for it. Because the point is, people need some help to get into it, maybe, if they've never done it. Also ask questions in the retrospective that only focus on the intended learning from TDD. Maybe you want to hear that the tests are great or the tests helped shape the designs or ask for these things. And in the end, maybe relax about TDD. It's not a must. Well, it is a must for a read, but if some people don't do it, it's fine. You're not the teacher, participants can do whatever they want. On the other hand, if you want it to be a more like TDD teaching focused retreat, Maybe you want to get in more teaching elements, which is perfectly fine. I will talk in future episode 24 about uh, teaching elements. But as in every code treat, the most important part is to have fun. I had a nice discussion with Pedro Santos how to get more participants for in-house code treats. Now in-house code treats are a bit different I will talk about that in a later episode. 
Uh, but the most important things is that the participants must be motivated. So it has to be voluntary. And then if it's voluntary, you need to make people want to come, which is sometimes a bit of a problem. So first you need support from management or product owners so the people actually have the slack or the time to attend. If there is a deadline coming up, they won't attend. That is to be considered when scheduling the internal code retreat. It should be away from all deadlines. Then you need to make sure that everybody sees or gets the invite. Everybody has to be aware what's going on. Also, you could make sure that everybody knows what it is up to a point. You could even visit each team and do a short explanation in each team what the code it is. Many people have no idea what the code it is and then they're not excited to be there. You could even go as far and walk around in a company and ask everybody, like every developer, every technical person, in person if they would come. But um, take it easy, like don't do it too much because it can get annoying uh, to people. It's also nice to create some internal registration that is uh, like uh, creating some uh, commitment with so the people that register then will actually come. And Pedro also talked about that you could uh, like uh, use it as pieces of your learning budget. So it's an investment from your learning budget that you might have, which also creates a commitment. It also helps to have an existing culture of doing something repeatedly, like if they're already coding dojos or uh, hackathons in place. People are used to uh, things happening outside work, so they might uh, show up. Might also be a good idea uh, for the first time to brand it differently, like it could be, um, be a day to uh, raise the awareness what's happening and you could like just say come and join and see what's happening so um, people get to know it and you can also use marketing activities basically in one code retreat that i uh, facilitated the marketing team created some really nice posters and then we had them around the office Everybody had the invite, but the posters would remind people what's going on and that they, they could participate. Also, like kind of guerrilla marketing might might work. So you could put like uh, stickers in toilets and just uh, repeatedly make people aware of what's, what's going on. Maybe, or maybe not, I'm not sure, but you could make it a teamed code treat and communicate the topic up front. Uh, so people know what's going on and they might be interested in the topic uh, and then show up. Marco asked me for a list of questions what to ask people in the session retro. Well, I always keep in mind that as facilitator you shouldn't talk too much in the retro. The retro is for the participants. So you might just have a simple question like what did you do? And that will make them talk, hopefully. And as soon as, especially for the first session, it's important to make them talk. So they will talk later during the day. You could also ask, was it fun to break the ice? Like, uh, again, make them talk. Uh, see episode two, what to ask if there were no noticeable events. You could tap into emotions, like ask them how they feel. Often, for example, when they do baby steps and they hated it, that could be a good answer to get the discussion going, because why did they hate it, and, and, and so on. You could definitely follow up on the topic chosen before the session, like the constraint, and then ask specific questions about the constraint, 
what did the constraint make you do or like was it difficult uh, sometimes if i see something that that was particularly interested or weird or also what i wanted to see i would talk about it like i would say i saw someone doing this and that let's discuss it like that could be anything in the code you follow up or you could just have questions that are aligned with the constraint or the assignment and ask people like how did you create this and that did you create the grid and why and why not that is all for this episode i'm peter kovler and i wish you luck with your next code retreat or hands-on workshop if you have any questions regarding your code retreat please send me an email or leave a comment i'm looking forward to hear from you how your event went code retreats are awesome let's have more of them